0: Well, we've, we've spoken. Yeah, we're, we're all sorted. We are, yes. Well, I'm grateful to see you all together finally. May I say that? And I'm hopeful that we all think that this was a good thing to do by the time we leave here today. Is that okay? Yes, sir. thanks Kendra.
1: All right, well, I'm gonna leave you alone. Let me know if you need anything. Nice to meet you both.
0: You too. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome to episode 41 of The Lay Film. This is our first episode of 2022.
2: I'm your co-host, Richie.
3: And I'm one of your other co-hosts, Tyler Youngstakes Cunningham. I'm uh, Patrick. And I'm
2: Kevin. And it's good to be back, everyone, for our
1: first episode of the new year. Um, yeah, how's, how's
2: everyone doing? Um, what are some TV and some movies that you guys liked from 2021?
3: Well, I guess I would say Secession, but um, I technically didn't watch that in 2021. So I don't know if that technically counts. <laughs> but I know they had a season come out in 2021.
1: Well, what? What season... Was was it on in twenty twenty
3: one? I believe season two. Um, but yeah, I just finished season two. Oh wait, you know, I'm I'm lying actually. Season two came out in twenty eighteen. So no, actually, that doesn't even count.
4: So it
2: has like four seasons Everybody?
3: Three three seasons. Oh. You know, the there's a blonde character in
5: that show. I'm, she may be like a cousin or she's not a main character. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah. If you recognize her, she's in that uh, Epstein movie that came out last year. The Scary of 61st. Oh, shit. And she's the director writer of that. And I think Secessions are like big breakout in larger Hollywood.
2: Oh, yeah. okay. Do you watch Succession too, Pat?
5: No, I listen. I, she has a podcast too. I uh, check out every now and then. Oh, so when you said you're watching Succession, I was like, oh, I can. I got a little factoid to share about like a side character <laughs> <laughs> and how everything lines up.
2: Does her podcast make you want to watch the show now, or are you just like? just a fan of hers
5: i think i'm just a fan of hers because i watched her movie the scary 61st that came out last year and it was uh really good right up my alley
3: a lot of epstein stuff oh yeah i knew i want to check that out
2: it's about epstein
3: Kinda,
5: it's about two young women who move into a apartment that they get a deal at And then a mysterious woman shows up and tells them that the apartment was owned by Epstein. And then one of them falls into a conspiracy theory hole and the other one is like kind of possessed by a victim of a child, a child victim.
2: It's pretty crazy.
3: Damn, okay, yeah, I want to watch that.
2: Oh, shit. It definitely Uh sounds like it's up your alley, Pat. (laughs)
3: Okay, I do know that Invincible came out in 2021. I would say wait, that was Huh? We did it, really? Yeah. Yeah, I just looked that up. Um, but yeah, I also just watched binged that whole show in 2022, but I would definitely say it's like the uh coolest like superhero show or animated show i've seen in a long time super gore kind of biting off justice league like you were saying the pat
5: that's why i'm kind of hesitant well isn't
3: well, isn't it supposed to be like a riff
5: off of that
2: not just a straight up rip off right
3: yeah isn't, it, isn't it kind of would... a satire i guess a little bit yeah like, at times. Like, that's what I thought it was when I first watched it. But then it kind of, it, like, totally changes. Like, the first episode, I would say, especially, is, like, one of the best, uh, like, first episodes to a, or one of the best endings to a first episode of, like, a pilot I've ever seen. Like, you, it makes you immediately want to just watch another episode or just finish, binge the whole show.
2: Yeah, that, um... That first episode's always essential of whether or not like you want to keep going or like if you want to keep binging. Um, that's kind of how I felt when I started watching um, Yellow Jackets.
1: It's the, um, I don't know if you guys heard of that show. It came out like a couple of months ago back in November.
3: Um, you guys seen that? Is that on Netflix?
1: It's on Showtime.
3: Oh, Showtime, okay.
1: Yeah, but it's... Well, people are calling it like the the female or like the all-women like Lord of the Flies. Um, if you guys are... I don't know if you guys have read yeah. that back like in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's... I feel like it's like better. Like they actually have a really good, I guess, Lord of the Flies-esque adaptation for once. Um. Yeah, it has Christina Ritchie's in it. Um, It has, like, all these really good actors. Uh, Yeah, essentially, it's about, like, these teenage soccer team that crash-landed on uh, some remote location. And it has, like, this dual narrative. So, like, it goes back and forth from, like, the past to the present between the teenage versions and the adult versions of the of the soccer team or like at least the survivors and um it's really yeah i i think it's like right now up there for like my favorite television show of 2021 highly recommend it really good blend of like horror and psychological thriller and like a bit of comedy and it has a really good mystery angle to it too so yeah, that's your shtick. Definitely check out Yellow Jackets. It has like the, you know, the survival aspect that a lot of, I think a lot of people liked from Squid Game. So I think it
2: definitely is up there with that show. I
5: not know how to feel about that one.
2: <laughs> have you have you heard of
5: that but- i i remember one of those the talk of it being made and I, I i think to lord of the flies i think the the part that always stuck with me would be when ralph was uh able to acknowledge that they were too young to fully understand but what mm-hmm. he's like can't they see where he's like he doesn't even know the words for what he's experiencing but he can see their downward path and he's like oh can't they see like we need to be rescued we need this for for falling <laughs> but he's like a, I think they're like nine or something i can't remember mm. the exact."
1: yeah question. i think they're like 10 years old like nine or ten yeah
5: but yeah i'm like that's in lord of the flies i was like the always the part that hit me the most along with the certain character dying or two characters yes. dying. but yeah it's just him yeah. always like referencing like can't they see and there's like the invisible hand that like separates them at different climaxes like this but if they're teenagers does it have the same that emotional weight or is it like a? um i i, I don't know uh i would
1: say maybe not as emotional but more like mm. i i certainly enjoy the camaraderie much more well at least because it's a television show right you get you kind of get more time with the characters but um uh, there's much more, I guess, mystery and suspense behind it, whereas like *Lord of the Flies*, I kind of don't remember the book as
2: much. But um, uh, man, yeah, the the themes are much different, I guess.
1: Uh, I I would say certainly go with it with an open mind because I know a lot of people would kind of side eye this show, you know, saying like, "Oh." A female or Lord of the Flies, that, that would never happen or something, you know. But um I would I would certainly like give it a shot. Uh I think narratively it does something different compared to Lord of the Flies, or at least that story. And um I mean, come on, you know, Christina Ritchie's in it. Like she's one of like the best parts of the show. Uh I always enjoy seeing her. Uh, especially in a role that like she always takes like these pretty obscure, quirky characters. Um, and she takes it up to like an, an eleven. <laughs> so she's one she plays one of those characters like you love to hate,
2: but also like is she my favorite character? I don't know. So I'll
5: have to remember it if I get that itch.
4: Yeah,
2: definitely give it a shot. I'm sure you, yeah. At
1: least give the first episode a shot. Um, I, I definitely, it definitely caught me wanting to binge it after that first episode, you know. Um,
2: and it definitely doesn't pull any punches. Pretty, pretty brutal when it has to be. Damn. Okay.
3: I want to. Uh, Abby might be into that. She kind of doesn't like that stuff, does it, actually, like Squid Games. Or uh, any of that, uh, like, brutal aspects of television and movies?
1: It's, it's much more, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's not, like, super gory or anything, but, I mean, when it has to be violent, it, it doesn't pull back. But um, maybe she'd appreciate it if she liked, you know, those kind of, if she liked Lord of the Flies or at least that story then she would definitely like yellow. I mean,
2: yeah, I don't know. I like the show much better than the book, Lord of the Flies or any adaptation. So that's just me. Um.
3: Yeah, like she's been watching all these like reality TV shows on Netflix and I'm just like, <laughs> can't stand it.
1: Are they like the trashy ones? The trashy reality TV shows?
3: No, they're good. Like, I'll get caught watching them sometimes. But uh, I forget the one that she's been watching. Uh, I think it's called like Queer Eye or something like that. Um, Queer Eye for the straight guy? I, th- uh, I think so. That's they still like go. Cool. They like, yeah, they do like makeovers, I guess.
1: Yeah, I kind of, like
3: real life. It's actually it's pretty good, but I just like I don't know those moments in those reality TV shows, especially where they're like helping fix people. I don't know. For me, I don't know. Just like it feels like awkward to me.
2: Well, like, some of it's kind of scripted, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Because then I'm like, oh, I feel bad for like feeling awkward or whatever. But uh. I'm just an awkward person. Like, I feel like I would be super. Uh,
2: what? You're not awkward.
3: I'd be awkward in that.
2: <laughs>
3: At
4: in
2: least, that like, position. like fashionably awkward, or are you just saying socially.
3: <laughs> I think, yeah, like all of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't, believe it, Pat. Or sorry, Tyler, uh, you're like the freaking life of the party.
5: Yeah, I'm the awkward one.
3: Yeah, well, when I'm with friends, it's different. But, like, yeah, if I got, like, cameras and everything <laughs> on me and shit, and it's going to go on, like, a TV show? No way.
2: Uh, I think your personality will shine through.
3: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of some other shows. Kevin, do you have any shows that you were, uh, or, or movies? Your
6: faves of 2021? Um I have been trying to catch up on movies that I missed like in the past few weeks. And so I've been watching a bunch of movies from both 2021 and 2020. And I want to say like out of the movies that stood out to me the most of last year, um one was Shiva Baby. Uh I I remember seeing previews for that one back um i i oh no i had just gotten movie and they were like posting about how it was going to be like a movie release and i'm like oh like finally like i well i have something to like look forward to on this on this like uh thing i've been wanting for a really long time and then um once it finally came out i was like really hyped on seeing it because it felt so refreshing and like just the tone of it and the execution of the movie itself it was just really stripped down and really well done for what it was which is like uh like a psychological descent into a family gathering and it's all over the all over the spectrum of um i guess different uh feelings throughout the movie Uh, you have like humor and all these other things, but, uh, it was so dizzying to watch and I, I loved every minute of it. So I think that that's probably one of my favorite movies of, of, uh, last year. Um, one that I recently watched, uh, was Tatane. And it's weird because I, I, I saw raw and the, the filmmaker's previous, uh, film and that movie blew me away and oh, yeah. yeah so if if anyone if if anyone has seen uh Tane and are wanted to check out the filmmakers like other other work i highly recommend it um but after after watching titane i was i felt like i didn't really know what to make of it just because it seemed all over the place in terms of uh i guess different things it was touching upon like it was it was pointing out all these different um topics such as like identity and uh all these other things but it d- it didn't really seem to delve below the surface too much when those topics came up for discussion or when they were touched upon and i found myself like thinking like dang like is this just like too over my head for me like just in terms of like its grandiosity and it's in and it's intellect. And so uh, I'm kind of,
1: have you, have you checked out, um, Julia de Grinnell, like interview interviews on the film, Kevin? Cause, uh, I watched Titan, uh, Titan too. So like kind of interesting to see your take on it.
6: Oh, um, no, I, I haven't seen any of the interviews that she's given on, on the movie or anything like that. I, I, um, after i wait a minute um yeah i don't know i'm kind of split between it being over my head and just being and it being incomprehensible or incoherent so i'm it's like three different markers for me along that entire on that entire wheel and i don't know i like sitting with it though like i like just uh thinking back to what I was like uh feeling as I was watching the movie itself, just because it's such a, a visual and sonic feast, you know? And the experience alone, like I've never seen a movie like it. And I think that alone makes it a good movie. Uh but in terms of like my actual connection to the movie, I I didn't really find myself doing that so much. Which I don't I don't know i i really i thought it was awesome though like it 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 definitely lived up to its hype, um especially just seeing like a lot of the marketing and like the trailer for it and everything but yeah it was it was pretty solid um aside from that uh just one movie from twenty twenty like I don't know if that counts for like favorite movie of last year, but uh I watched another round. Which is uh we've seen the uh Paul Verhoeven's uh other, well one of his other movies The Hunt on one of our previous episodes oh yeah so it was another pairing of Paul Verhoeven and uh, Mads Mikkelsen and it did not disappoint whatsoever it, it wait like you mean
1: uh, Thomas Vinterberg
6: oh yeah Thomas Vinterberg sorry I I got the two mixed up thank you for <laughs> fixing yeah, that universe. Thomas <laughs> <That's> Vinterberg <laughs> yeah. I was like Paul Verhoeven like
1: <laughs> I'm sure Paul Verhoeven did it I mean maybe everyone would have died or <laughs> there would be a lot of <laughs> gore <laughs> or alcohol poisoning
6: <laughs> Thomas, Thomas Vinterberg um but yeah I I love that one that one um really struck a chord with me just because it 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 went in, into like the subject itself and explored like all the different areas that I feel you could explore um which is basically like, what are, well, it's all based upon like this one saying about, uh, this one philosopher saying that humans are born with too low of an alcohol blood content, that being uh, minus 0.05, which I guess in their culture is the legal limit for alcohol. (laughs) And um, the reason why they say that is because it gets, like, it's kind of um, like uh, a social glue in a way where it kind of lowers people's walls gets them to be a little bit more loose and not so anxious or anything and also a bit more daring and it's about these four teachers who decide to day drink um, from morning up until 8 p.m so that way they don't get like hung over and it doesn't like impact them too much and it was just such a unique take on it and it was very grounding and I don't know. That was probably my favorite viewing that I've seen along with, um, uh, the, the final movie of the build. Dude, that sounds I was, awesome. I was waiting in the
5: wing for that. I was like, Oh, I'm going to talk about that.
6: Oh yeah. That, that was my favorite movie of 2021 just because of the history and like the buildup to it with the outside context. It's contender from best movie ever.
5: Easily. Yeah. <laughs> I cried twice. Uh, Listen to the soundtrack constantly. Uh, watching clips constantly. Thinking about it constantly. I had one of those. Ah, oh, what is it? I know this is kind of cringy, but I watched the movie, and like three days later, I had one of those impactful dreams you have. Or it wasn't directly connected to the movie. But spiritually, I like to think it was. Mm-hmm. I just felt good one morning. I woke up.
6: You know those dreams, mm-hmm. where it carries, where it carries with you.
5: Yeah, it's it's it gives you a feeling, but I'll probably remember at least for a while. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just yeah, can't recommend it enough.
6: I I don't think I've like ever come across something with that much build up to it and it pulled it off and it blows my mind to even like bear witness to it
5: yeah i and i rewatched the rebuild trilogy before that nice and yeah i was i was too stupid the first time i watched those like right out of high school i was way <laughs> too dumb to understand it like the third one's amazing karu's Karu's stuff in the third movie. It, flawless is ending. Flawless. Mm-hmm. I think about those two sentences he said so much. And how it's I mean. literally just, a, yeah, the music builds. Oh. Yeah, the music builds, yeah. <laughs> listen to that. And how I he literally, literally says quiet. the fourth movie uh. in two lines. He explains the fourth movie and you still watch it and cry.
6: Yeah, <laughs> so good. Who was uh, your favorite arc? Or I guess one of the standout arcs to you. Uh,
5: I want to say just meta wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be the new girl. Ah, mm-hmm. and and the main the Shinji and how because I'm, Anno he's I'm a big fan, Love and Pops like my number one, and then I know he got a wife recently. and I think she does a web comic about their life together. And that's what the rebuild trilogy just screams to me, especially the fourth movie where it's like the first series in the nineties is about his depression and overcoming it. And there's kind of a bittersweet ending. And this one's just fully the opposite, not opposite, but it's like fully like an embracement of the self and the flaws and the, and I think he peppers in like a bit of his current wife into certain characters being, especially the new girl. With the glasses, even. I think his wife has glasses. Oh, uh, Mari? I think, so, yeah. That character. It's like, there's so many pairings in the show. I just look at them all and I see like, oh, there's some of the creator. And this must be from other people he's interacted with or his current wife. is like It bleeds through in certain characters. Like I don't want to spoil it. There's a certain character who we see as a child. And it's literally just him. <laughs> and it just hurts so bad. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> it's so good if yeah I can gush for hours about it yeah, I'm glad was, you I'm glad you got around to seeing it yeah I'm so glad I didn't die before watching that that
2: would have <laughs> sucked best year of 2021 worst movie of 2021
5: card counter <laughs> Paul Schrader, really? Paul Schrader, he's amazing. He can write. Uh, something about card counter just isn't right. It's hard. I don't know. It, I don't know. <laughs> it's
3: just... That's hilarious. I even commented on your post when you posted. I was like, I want to watch this. <laughs>
5: I didn't have the heart to like type in the post. <laughs> <laughs> like, this
3: should suck. Don't watch
5: it. I was like, we'll, we'll talk about it. And yeah, it's just. Uh, I think I see what it's doing, but it's one of those things of. And maybe it's the outside context, like I know political figures have come out and said it's their movie of 2021. And it's like, oh, it kind of makes sense because it's about a white soldier feeling guilty for Abu Ghraib, the Abu Ghraib prison torture. And yeah, that's not enough. Like, yeah. I don't know. It just goes <laughs> me the wrong way. Where we're supposed to, yeah. And the plot's kind of, yeah. It's, it's like a commentary about debt and fresh chances, but none of it matters or, yeah. Then I watched Doctors of the Dark Side the day after on purpose, which is a documentary about the doctors in Guantanamo Bay and in the same prison when they're torturing people. And yeah, it's just a nice documentary. Where they interview doctors around the world who just shit on the concept of what we're doing with these people and saying like, "There's doctors while they're waterboarding someone. There's like Hippocratically trained doctors ten feet to the side who check their vitals after the twentieth waterboarding session." Wow. <laughs> or, yeah, And it's like yeah, the whole documentary is like yeah, that's fucked up, isn't it? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> why would they do that? Why the yeah? Doctors are supposed to be better, right? And then the whole thing's like, I guess they're not <laughs> if they, yeah, if they're complicit.
2: Yeah. I'm going to get off mm. my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, you know, I didn't really have like a favorite film that came out last year.
1: And I realized that I didn't really watch too many films last year. I probably only watched like 16 or like 17. 2021 movies so I feel like that's like the least amount of movies I've ever watched (laughs) to have come out like in the past year um although like you Kevin I did watch Shiva Baby I really liked that film I watched it recently because I would consider that like a 2021 film
2: um yeah and I really loved uh Titone uh, I would definitely put
1: that up there. Probably look for my favorite. But uh, recently, I watched Don't Look Up. The uh, Adam McKay movie oh, yeah. starring um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, yeah, I know it's getting a, quite the mixed reaction, but I really liked the movie a lot. I thought it was hilarious and entertaining. Um. And mind you guys, like, I am, I don't watch a lot of Adam McKay films. Like, I like Talladega Nights. I really loved the other guys, but I did not like Anchorman. And I didn't watch The Big Short or any of his, like, other recent films. So, yeah, it was pretty refreshing to, like, watch Don't Look Up and... uh, Yeah, I
3: really liked that, that one.
1: yeah. It's definitely like honorable mention or like up there, you know, for like uh twenty twenty one. But um Yeah,
4: it's
1: <laughs> no, it was just,
3: really the same. I didn't watch very many movies in twenty twenty one either, or at least in theaters, because I watched that in theaters actually.
1: Oh, you saw it in theaters. Okay. Mm-hmm. It came out on Christmas, right? Like Christmas Day I or think Christmas or like Eve. Right
3: before, yeah, Christmas Eve or something. Um but yeah. Was I it was packed? like really excited to watch it because I like just thought it was gonna be hilarious. And then it was like it was hilarious, but then it was like way different than I thought. Like I feel like it was actually pretty uh like on point with a lot of stuff it was touching on, or just like caught out caught out a lot of people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It definitely was. But it like checked like all subtle. sides.
3: Like it was like <laughs> it was like a really funny like SNL skit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh I thought every, I thought Leonardo DiCaprio was really good. Definitely played a different role that I'm used to seeing.
3: For sure. Um like nerdy, it's super smart. <laughs> yeah. Forever.
1: But a guy who's like soft-spoken sometimes or like really anxious and like you know, kind of scared to speak his mind. <laughs> Um, it's funny cause like, you know, he's a, he's an activist in real life, uh, environmental activist. So seeing that some people thought he was miscast in this film, I'm just thinking like he was perfectly cast cause this film basically is about, you know, saving our planet, you know, like from global warming, like, you know, um, yeah. And, uh, Jennifer Lawrence is really funny like i don't know there was like a gag throughout the movie i'm sure you know what i'm talking about tyler about like snacks and i thought every time that was brought up i was like dying (laughs) it was just so funny like i love that
3: Jonah hill was was hella funny with her too
1: yeah yeah the the camaraderie and the back and forth between those two yeah it was really good I, i felt like they were having a good time so
4: yeah
3: yeah, just it was nice to, to watch know. a good like comedy in theaters. I feel like I haven't like laughed in a movie theater in like a really long time,
1: right? Especially since like we hadn't had too many
2: comedies on our podcast, so like it, it's a good it's good to be lightened up for a little bit. <laughs> but um, but yeah. With that being said, uh, yeah, let's
1: talk about the movie that we watched um, I picked this time it is a movie that came out in 2021 called Mass directed by Fran Kranz and it is about two uh, well it is about uh, four people and both sides are parents and they get together to talk about A tragic event that had, uh, you know, cost many lives in a tragic shooting. So, um, yeah, it's a a really heavy film. And I'm glad uh, you guys are talking about it with me today because
2: uh, it was my first time seeing it. And I believe it's everyone's first time watching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I have to say, like, it's just four people sitting in a room. And, um,
1: yeah, I love watching films like this where it's, uh, it's a, it's like a bottle film where you're just kind of like in one location and you're just kind of listening to these people or you're just kind of like watching or observing someone take action or, you know, it's like, Uh, i was almost gonna say it's like it's not hugely performative because like you don't really see anyone do anything but then
2: like you see them emote you see them talk you see them relate you like you see them be like human and um yeah that's what i like got from this film Uh, what about you guys
3: Um, yeah, I've got like the same vibe of like I feel like it was a perform like a performance. I mean the the performances were amazing. Like as you're saying, like just like with body language and just like the restrictiveness of doing it in the same room, the whole movie, like Reservoir Dogs esque. Uh, and I, just like the heavy like content that like what they're talking about and everything. Um. Like, that, I feel like that would be maybe, like, the hardest thing, like, one of the hardest performances to do as an actor. But, yeah, and then just, like, the writing and, and everything was just so good for, you know, I, I don't think I would be able to think of a movie for that long in the same room like that. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely yeah. not what I expected.
2: Yeah, it's a first-time director as well.
3: And I feel like you kind of explained the bit of the first scene or like I have, I guess maybe i talk about it later, but uh, yeah, like the first like 20 minutes of the movie like really like threw me off or um, I was just like really confused, like just like with the way they were like setting up the room and how like they were being so meticulous about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny that you bring that up because I watched an interview that Fran Kranz did about this film. And um, yeah, it's, it's funny because uh, I I've, I've first known Fran Kranz just from his role in Cabin in the Woods. And so uh, seeing that he directed and wrote this film was a, was a very different experience. You know, it was like a different impression of him that I got uh, previously. And, um, he mentioned that in the interview that the reason why he had the film set up that way is to not make it seem like this is like a play or this is like a movie. He wanted us to like, kind of be in the perspective of these supporting characters
2: that are setting everything up before, um, you know, these people gather together. So, um.
1: That was his reasoning as to why, like, you know, the first, like, what, yeah, like you said, 15, 20 minutes were like that. So, um, and I thought I liked the supporting characters. They, I felt, you know, they were
2: real to me. Like, beyond the four essential characters, I, I thought the supporting cast did really well.
6: this was the first that i heard of heard of this movie and it was cool going into it cold like that cuz i literally had no idea like i i didn't even read the um the little plot points for it and it was i i liked the uh, the way that the discussion was set up it was pretty much the focal point of the entire movie and i like how many of the points that were getting brought up by characters were kind of repeated throughout the entire movie um, because people do that in conversation. And like if there's something that they feel hasn't been resolved, they bring it back up uh, to try and hammer at home until they get what they want out of it. And I liked seeing how contradictory people could be during conversa- during the conversation that they were having. And also how arguments can spiral off into uh, into subjects that they are just so it was just not the initial intention of the conversation to begin with. And it was really unique seeing all seeing the progression of all of these different nuances in the conversation that they were having at this place. And I. There were there I wanna say for like every part that I enjoyed about this movie, there was a part that I didn't enjoy about it. And I I think that it kinda of spiraled off, spiraled out of control in like a like just a few points of the movie where it kinda of took me out of the narrative and took me out of the conversation. Um and even beyond that, with with the side characters, I I got them, but at the same time, it just seemed so distracting to me. Uh, like, it, yeah, I agree. It, it was it was tonally distracting, um, and to me, I find that sort of thing to be very. That's like one of my least favorite things to come across in a movie, whether it's like a like poor uh, visuals, poor sonic, or poor audio quality, like just little things that make up the the actual construction of the movie rather than the story itself like if if there's something that's bothering me in the construction of it it takes me out of enjoying the narrative which is like for me the entire point of it um or just the viewing experience i should say and yeah just the side characters like it's it's just me nitpicking about the movie um but it, it's just one of the few things that, like, took me out of the, of the story itself. But overall, I thought it was really well done. Um, it, it blows my mind that they were even able to, like, pull this off with, with um, as long as it was, too. And, like, I don't know. I enjoyed it. It was very refreshing.
2: I was my takeaway. My takeaway,
5: uh I immediately thought of uh my dinner with Andre. It doesn't help the film, but uh
2: I really enjoyed the
5: subversion the film kinda did regarding the subject matter. I thought it was gonna be like very like lukewarm analysis and takes. And there's a character that basically embodies that and is a part of their. Yeah, as part of their character, and I think the that character's wife is like kind of the inverse. And then, yeah, there's like there's multiple archetypes in each of the four characters. And it's good to see like a deeper dive on the subject matter. Instead of just uh, assigning guilt or blame alleviating your own responsibility. Like they go through all the gambit of, of possible sources and then they kinda it's like the issue with the whole cons issue with the whole conflict and subject matter of the film itself is uh what's the clear answer? What's the resolution to this? And uh the film doesn't try to give you a direct answer, I feel. Or it's just uh, maybe it's in the ending, and I really like the ending, so maybe it just speaks to me about the subject matter. But uh, I really enjoyed the ending, and uh, but again, I couldn't help but compare it to my dinner with Andre, and I was like, oh, especially because of the they're talking about like where is that child, where is that son? Like that kept playing in my mind that little scene when the characters are talking about their children and oh, the dialogue, it obviously isn't at the same level, but it's a unique film.
2: I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, yeah. There's, I feel like there's not really that much to
1: like go more into. So I feel like we should just give our ratings and then just, yeah. Talk about spoilers. So, um, yeah, I feel like this movie's worth at least watching. Um, I personally wouldn't say that I enjoyed this film because <laughs> I feel like it's not really a movie that like you watch to enjoy, especially considering like how heavy the topic
2: is. Um,
1: like some of you guys are saying, like there there is some like moments that are like tonally slightly off, but I guess it's just to provide some levity. I guess with the supporting characters. In particular like one doing with like a i believe a teenager teenage employee, but um but yeah, let's just uh, give our ratings
2: um i mean i'll I'll go first I'll give the film a uh a three point eight out of five
1: uh I, it's i feel like it's more of a More to do with the performances than anything, and and the writing. I thought that everyone delivered extremely well, uh, especially Anne Dowd as Linda, one of the um, parents, and um, Jason Isaacs as Jay. Um, I thought these two were like the standout. Um, I mean, I think everyone did really great, but those two in particular,
2: I really latched onto those characters. And, um,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, there there really wasn't much to like pay attention to besides just these four actors for like 90% of the film.
2: So, um, if anything, it's a really good film just to watch people perform. Yeah. Um, I would
3: give it. Three out of a five, which is probably the lowest score I've ever given. <laughs> I'm just kidding i don't I think I've given, a lot of <laughs> but um, no, like I enjoyed the movie, but yeah, like I think for sure, um, I don't know, yeah, like the beginning, I feel like just really threw me off, like I was super annoyed, honestly of like especially the like the lady who's like running in church, um. But not that, that like that's really not even like the major part of the movie um like the writing and the performances are great, and just it's really you know, like nice to see people just like hash it out and I like that they like didn't hold back and you know it felt like a natural conversation like it did not feel like it was scripted or like. You know, like this, it felt like you were really there watching like a conversation between two families that had this tragedy happen to them. Um, and like, I think even like the cinematography was really good for, uh, you know, like, again, like the restrictiveness of the movie. And like certain cuts, I think were done really well. Like, I, I love the shot of like the little piece of ribbon floating on the fence. I think they cut to that, like, twice, and then towards the end of it, they do, which was really nice, but, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, like, I I think this is definitely a movie that, like, everyone uh, should watch, for sure, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely not, like, a movie you enjoy, if you want a good cry, watch this movie, I definitely uh, got my good cry
2: out in this movie. Yeah, I believe this film was made on a three hundred thousand dollar budget, so that's uh, quite the feat.
4: No,
6: I'm gonna uh, give this movie a three out of five as well. Uh, the first part of the movie, I or I guess during the intro of it, it um like after. Just seeing some of the people's uh, interactions, like putting two and two together, it's like, oh, I know what this movie is going to be about. It's like the conversation between these two families who were brought together by catastrophic events. And the thing that kind of took me out of it was I found, I also found myself getting annoyed with the... Just with the introductory part of the movie, um, when it came to, like, interactions, it it, it was almost, like, insufferable at times. Because it's like, okay, I get it. Um, like, whenever uh, people would be like, oh, well, is that going to be okay? Oh, is that, is that? It's like, I, f- I, f- I kept getting distracted by how many times they repeated notes. Like, time after time after time again because it's like okay if you just make the point and then move on it it's much more seamless and but it's like they and i'm sure it was i mean it was absolutely intentional to draw it out to create like some of the more mo- mundane moments that we experienced to like showcase it and to provide like a break but at the same time it was just it wore it wore out it's welcome a bit too much even during some of the converse i mean during the main conversation that they were having i found myself like losing attention after just well trodden over points were made and uh i i found myself getting getting caught off guard though by some of the better moments of the movie uh which i found pleasantly surprising, I mean, uh, it it was very pleasant and surprising to come across them, especially with, uh, some of the points that were being made where people were assuming the response of their spouse. And then the spouse would come in and sort of contradict that entirely. And that, those moments drew me into the movie. Um, some of the descriptions that they were going through when it came to recollections I like Pat I, I found myself comparing it to my dinner with Andre as well when it came to that because that's like the best movie I've ever seen when it comes to uh being able to create an entirely uh or I guess create an entirely new branch for the viewing experience, which is to like implement or I guess uh, not implement, but um, amplify the imagination that the viewers have to have while picturing the moments that they're uh, discussing in your own head. And if done right, it feels like otherworldly in a way and it feels like you're there with them and like you're almost experiencing the moment yourself which i've is so crazy to me to even like it, that one could even experience like that sort of um experience when it comes to watching movies but this movie i found some of the moments didn't entirely hit but the ones that did really made me enjoy the movie and especially towards the end of it all um seeing different uh peaks and valleys of of characters like in their higher moments and lower ones it it just created a whole other uh layer and depth to all of the characters and their and the reason why they're so interconnected and how they're like when it all boils down to is they're there for the exact same reason and uh, yeah, that's, I, I thought it was a really, a really unique pick, especially on the subject matter itself. I like that it goes entirely against the grain. It doesn't show anything in regards to the event. All it focuses on is the present, but, uh, sort of looking back on the, on the previous events and I thought that that was very, very
2: cool to witness.
5: I'm going to give it a four out of five. And it would be a three, but uh, something about the ending in this one really hit me. I think it's like a, like Kevin was saying, like when it sometimes the film can miss. But uh, for me, the ending like really hit, especially kind of a you, you can kind of predict the ending but uh the fact that they have like a fake a fake out ending like once or twice before it feels like like the characters say bye and then you think the ending's coming and then stuff happens and then something happens big and then the final scene happens and it just really that fake out really helped the build up for me where the yeah I just I really 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 like the ending it got a, a whole point <laughs> In the positive
0: for me. Six minutes later, he comes back, your son. He retraces his steps. He's in the hallway again, 135. He's come back to finish. And Evan is there. The last gunshot, 136. Goes into my son's... neck. Into his artery. No. Six minutes. He was alive. He was trying to... Get out, the, the, the blood trail show where, where he was yeah, trying to, to know. He came back, he was methodical. He, he, he was looking, and Evan was, was still alive. I know. You do not know. I know. I know the streaks on the floor. The way he was crawling. I know the wounds. What order? How he fought. How he died. That.
1: But, um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's just jump straight into it, um. I do want to talk about
2: that ending too. Uh, Yeah, I thought that was like the most powerful point in the film or at
1: least in my opinion. Um, Because I thought it was over too.
2: But uh, when Linda comes back to share her story, I thought it was so touching because um,
1: especially because she said Hey, I wanted to share a story too. And then she just broke down in tears. And you just see, like,
2: the empathy that was, like, being given to her from, um, from Gail. Uh, yeah, that was, like, that was such a
1: refreshingly, like, human moment. Um, I don't know. You don't really see that too often in, in like movies, generally. Like you just, I don't know. Everyone just feels real to me, and in that particular moment, like I really felt her
2: pain and wanting to like share, and like I really f- saw the um the payoff of um. Of them like sharing that grief and being able to forgive and to move on.
1: That was so like well done. And then, and then, seeing the, uh, you know, the other supporting characters in the background, uh, I think Judy, the one who was setting everything up, just seeing her witness that because, you know, she, uh, she was saying how she felt like she didn't get to meet the parents and i don't know like she felt awkward you know the entire like film just setting everything up and uh
2: being able at least for her character being able to see that happen uh yeah really made it for me
3: i don't know though see like i feel like even uh that part at the end, like, I feel like her being there, like, threw me out of it. I was like, why the fuck is she still standing there? Hella awkward. <laughs> like, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe that was just because of the beginning, because I got annoyed of her character. I, at that point, I was just like, get out of there. This is like serious ass moment.
1: Well, I don't know. I felt like it would have been more distracting if, she, if everyone's like, oh, I'm going to leave the room. Yeah, well, like, I don't you know, know. I mean, because like, everyone thought like, it was over.
3: like, walk away or something i don't know though i get it yeah I, I, I do get it too
5: i like that uh that moment comes after like with the film the long intro setting up the room and there's the lawyer attachment and then the there's like a vague especially early on there's like a vague feeling of responsibility or legal repercussions from their meeting or it's even secretive that uh yeah the fake ending not the fake, but the, the goodbye in the lobby. And then they go back in the back room and then Linda runs in. I felt like a purpose, not purpose. It was, it was like, thank God we're out of that room orchestrated by the our lawyer and all this. And we've gotten to know each other, now I'm going to share something that's been eating me away inside. And then, uh, yeah, I think it's Gail. Her immediate response of like a empathy. Versus when they first meet, it was like, uh, I think Gail and uh, is it Jay?
3: Yeah, yeah.
5: Gail and Jay are talking about how their therapist encouraged them, or they're not supposed to approach the meeting from a position of being vindictive or hostile. And yeah, so yeah, it's, they get out of the room. They say their goodbyes, and then Linda runs in, and they're in a separate room, and she can, they could be humans together or share something that it feels like there's a barrier. Around from the outside forces of society or as oh, they go in, she says, like, I did feel afraid this one time, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> it brings all the old questions they are asking in the room back up. But now Gail just embraces her It's like, oh, it's like. We know you. Yeah, you're not. You're not the way we enter the room projecting you as.
3: Yeah, I did enjoy that part of how like there's a there's a shift and you can tell they forgive her. I mean, she even says it, too. I definitely think Gail has like the the um, biggest transformation of all the characters. Because from the beginning of the movie, it seems like she's going to be like the hothead like or like the one that's just like, you know, I mean, and for good reason, too, or whatever, just to, you know, kind of be stubborn and be vindictive and all that.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it turns out um, Jay was kind of more of the hot-headed one. Because I thought
1: at first he was going to be the, you know, the calm, collected one, but he, he ends up, you know,
2: kind of exploding here and there.
3: Like the scene where he recalls his son's death and everything like that one that was really that was really tough.
6: Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely one of the scenes that drew me in.
3: Yeah, I would say that was probably my favorite part of the movie. Just like his performance and like the pain, like you could see the pain on screen, like it was like just, yeah, rough,
2: right, but it's like so raw and
3: real that you know that's like a a positive to take away from like a thing I really enjoyed about the movie,
2: yeah, it really makes me appreciate um acting you
1: know especially like when you're just sucking like a sandbox you know and you just kind of like have to channel those emotions you know channeling
2: grief and anger um yeah i just can't imagine like how difficult that was you know to be able to do that um
3: yeah it's like shocking too you know it makes you like or like it's you know makes you not want to take things for granted or you know like it just makes everything seem not as a big deal, you know.
2: Right. It
1: I think it's especially difficult considering like they're not filming any like other external scenes that w- that would build up to like this emotional high point. You're just like sitting there in the room, you know. The build up is within the dialogue.
2: It's within like you know, performing with each other. Um, yeah, so I thought that was really really strong, um, and also pretty biased because I, I love Jason Isaacs. Um, yeah, a lot of people know him from Harry Potter, but I'll always see him as,
1: you know, from the OA. so like it's, it's really good to see him in this kind of role where I could see him you know, kind of break down and be
2: explosive and just, yeah, just turn it up a notch, you know. And and I also feel like this film is, is about like,
1: it's almost about like conflict resolution, you know. How do we resolve things, whether it's like, in a marriage or in a relationship or your friendships or any, anything like that, or even from a professional standpoint, um, it all comes within the way of like how we understand each other and like,
2: how can we put ourselves in another person's viewpoint? And I think if you can do that, you know, you can solve anything and yeah. So, uh, any other takeaways from the film before we uh, before we close? Uh, uh, I don't think we mentioned. But I, I like the, I like the character Richard, played by Reed Burney.
1: Not that, not just that he has the same name as me, but um. <laughs> I like, I like that, uh, he was the one character who I think showed the least amount of emotion and, um, but he also cared a lot. You can tell he really cared, but like he took a lot of, um,
2: accountability and, and he had a lot of like acceptance. That he already had built in before he even showed up. I thought that was a unique uh, perspective to see. Um,
5: yeah, it's like uh, his character internalizes or internalizes everything, or a lot of the stuff other characters are emoting more. And his, it felt like his point in the movie was trying to convince Jay, or at least. Maybe it's just the audience that like, oh, he may not be like crying or yelling or raising his voice, but he cares as much as the other parents in the room, even though he just doesn't express it in the great awkward moments, especially towards the end. I remember thinking, as it was happening, like, how are they going to, like, how do you say bye? And like, maybe for the last time to the, to each other. Right gets fed up and says okay i'll go (laughs) he (laughs) just like yeah excuses himself robotically or yeah and just
2: leaves yeah i mean i i understand that you know i mean sometimes that's me when i'm at like a shindig or something and i'm just like man i kind of just want (laughs) to (laughs) go Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I really like the, um, even some of the more like subtle, awkward moments, you know,
1: especially with like the flowers that Linda brings and they already had like, uh, Judy already had the discussion with the, uh, the organizer. You know, like, oh, where do I put it? Like she put it on the table and then they had to move it because it was gonna be distracting and And I already was kind of distracting and then like Oh no no, they were talking about the tissue box. Yeah. And then um
3: I like the tissue boxes reentry. That's when I thought <laughs> uh, Gail, I was like, Oh yeah, Gail's about to go in on this because she liked <laughs> down on the table when um uh, what's the other mom's name? Linda. Linda, yeah, and she's like she immediately just starts crying like right when they start talking. But yeah, I like I enjoyed this movie. I probably won't uh, watch it again, to be honest. Um, right. I think it is like it's a good conversation. Uh, I think too for like people who whatever have their political ideals on whatever side, I think either side could listen to it and, you know, take a lot away from it.
2: Right. Cause they're, they kind of like swayed from having too much of that.
1: Um, yeah, having it too much, you know, being politically charged
2: because a lot of these, a lot of times, these events are like polit- uh, politics are usually involved. Um, yeah, I think that it, it is a good film to like get people to listen.
1: You know, um, at least like humanize each other because in in these situations, like I feel like a lot of times people like to blame. The parents are like, oh, that child ended up that way. It's, you know, poor child. It's the parents. It's the parents that messed up.
2: I often hear that quite a bit. Um, and sometimes that's not always the case, you know. It's not always like an indictment on the parents. And um, yeah, I like that this story does a really great job of like, um, displaying the collateral damage
1: that from, you know, that event, like how, how it spiraled
2: to um, Linda and Richard, like this being, uh, being destroyed basically
1: by their son and like by the other parents and not having autonomy and being able to grieve for their own child. I thought that was really, really sad. And, uh, yeah, I can't imagine
2: like how many families out there have having to grieve silently. Um, yeah, that was really hard. Uh, and then, and then still feeling guilty about it afterwards too, you know, it's just like, wow, you know, it's like never ending guilt and grief. But um, yeah, I feel like uh, that about sums it up,
1: uh, sums up our thoughts on Mass. Um, yeah, we all, I think we all rented it, right? So um, it's definitely available to rent on like YouTube or just pretty much any platform. And um, yeah, thank you guys for discussing this film with me. And yeah, I can't wait for us to talk again soon. Um, Yeah, first episode of 2022. I'll I'll be sure to
2: have a much lighter episode the next time I pick. (laughs) I promise.
3: We're going to hold you to that.
2: (laughs) Please do.
1: (laughs) But um, yeah, uh, thank you again. And until next time,
3: Until next time.
0: Sorry. Can I come up? Yeah, they're, um. Practicing for the. Choir tomorrow. I I forgot. Uh, Did we tell them?
3: I told you this morning they were rehearsing today.
0: Did you? I'm sorry. Don't be, it's, it's nice. Yeah, they're, um rehearsing for her tomorrow you yeah.
4: right. do you
0: want to go and see